Hello and welcome to the third installment of the Health Interactions podcast. Today we have a fan favourite with us. His story has inspired many people. We've been able to show him walking on our Facebook page a few times now and it's always a pretty moving experience to watch him be able to walk. Robert was diagnosed with Parkinson's a few years back and on Christmas Day 2015 had a stroke. So he has the the Quinella, I guess we can call it, of stroke and Parkinson's. So it's a very unique experience that Robert finds himself in, but he's never taken a step backwards. He's, He's always moving forward in his rehab He's very determined, and I've always referred to him as one of the most determined people in the world. He's been a huge inspiration to me personally throughout my experience in setting up a business and uh, my own rehab after injury and things like that. I look to him and just to always see him in such a positive mood and to see him continually moving forward and not giving up on his rehab is truly inspirational. So today we've got Robert talking about his story today, and he's got some key pieces of advice for people that may or may not have been in a similar situation to him with a diagnosis that will forever change your life. He talks a bit more holistic than that. He he has some incredible advice regarding that your life is not a rehearsal. And it's to think about just that quote there, it's pretty moving. So I think everyone can take a little bit from it. But just remember that this is Robert's story and it's only Robert's story. You know, everyone will be in a different position. Everyone takes a different walk of life. But if we can take some inspiration from this, it can only do, do the world of good. So we hope you enjoy it, and here's Robert. How you going, Robert? I'm going well. Very good to hear. But my gum, my gums are very stiff, which, uh, which is a symptom of Parkinson's disease. Yep. You got diagnosed with the Parkinson's in early 2013, but Christmas Day 2015, can you tell me a little bit about that day and your movements from there? Yes, on the Christmas Eve of 2015, I'd been to church and, uh, and gone to bed shortly before midnight. I had woken in the morning of Christmas Day, found that my leg, left leg and left arm were not responding and I had to roll out of bed without the assistance of my left leg. And, and what were your thoughts when you woke up in that situation? Were you immediately worried? What, what did you do? I didn't actually feel worried in any sense. I just, to me, it had to be a stroke because of the disability in my left leg and left arm. My wife had got out of bed to make a cup of tea and she was in the kitchen and I called out to her that I'd had a stroke. She came up and rang an ambulance and drove me to Box Hill East where I was scanned and confirmed that there had been a severe bleed in my brain on my right-hand side, which was affecting my left-hand side in the way described. I was told by the ambulance that on the 0 to 5 functionality scale, I had had a number of 1 on my left leg and a number of 0 on my left arm. Which I can imagine would have been worrying at the time, but since then we've seen some good progressions and we've been able to get you walking and, you know, this is probably over two years on now. But in that time, I remember you telling me that you overheard a conversation of a doctor saying that you would not walk again. But since then, I think that you are probably one of the most determined people I've ever met. Why Why did you just persist and you so determined with rehab and making sure that you don't listen to them and you continue to improve? The question of whether I would walk or not was discussed between the doctor or a doctor and my wife. In fact, the word severe wasn't mentioned, wasn't given to me until at least a year later 
and it was ultimately a severe bleed in size and the amount of damage done. And now, two and a half years after the diagnosis of stroke, I can now only just in the last couple of weeks walk without a person helping me, holding my arm, and although that's still sometimes required. Yeah, but what was it? deep in you that made you want to persist and continue because I reckon that there's probably people out there that would hear news like this and would not rather do nothing but they find that there's nothing that they can do but you you did not take that well and you've just been so determined in progressing I see you on a weekly basis and you never skip a session. I remember that a doctor at Box Hill Hospital had said did I want to go to therapy and I remember almost laughing at him and saying well why wouldn't I he'd have shut up it just seemed to me not a sensible question to ask. All I say is, of course, you go to therapy. I can't imagine what the disability would be for me not to have answered that. I could then speak, and I can still speak, as you can hear, and I have also, at this time, regained use of my left leg to some reasonable degree, and the same with my left arm. But it's a work in progress, and I wouldn't say a week goes past that I don't achieve some additional movement control which I didn't previously have it's a continuing process yes. but I am a fairly determined person putting it modestly and it, it never struck my mind that I would give up and jump out the window I have a vision of my journey as being in, entering a tunnel with the word therapy written above it and there's a window in the right hand side for people to jump out if that's not where they want to be it never crossed my mind and it still hasn't and it never will then I will say, well, this is as good as it gets. I'm now going to sit in a corner and read books and let my mouth dribble down. I, I couldn't imagine you settling. You're definitely a high achiever, and you continue to pro- progress, like you said. There's not a week that goes by that we don't see some sort of progression. How's your treatment been so far? Taking a step back and analysing the therapy that you've had from all the different professionals and practitioners, how would you think that the allied health field can improve? What areas have they we, I should say, been good at and what areas could have been better at? Well, I'm a litigation lawyer and in that context I have to prepare cases and in doing so have to bring in other people such as barristers, expert witnesses and sometimes Queen's Counsel in a very complicated case. But I have to have these other resources. A difficulty I found with the helping professions with which I've had a lot to do in, in this treatment process is that the activities of each of the major divisions is what I would call silo form S-I-E-L-O well there's not sufficient cross feeding between those capacities A and B the fact that there is a range and in fact a large range of, of these other activities is never put, put before me as a patient in, in this journey a lot of the research had to be done by my wife and one of my daughters who has an interest in these things and the professionals I had also already brought into my treatment including physiotherapy, neurology, ex- exercise physiology. I think you're right. I think we could probably work together as a team and feed off each other better. It's probably something that we as health practitioners don't do enough and we do as a whole work in our own little silos too often. What advice would you give to someone out there that might be listening in? From your experiences that you've had over the past couple of years with the the Quinella, let's call it, of Parkinson's and stroke, what advice would you give to someone that might be listening in from the experience that you've had? My answer to that really is that you, you first of all 
must be confident in your selection of your GP and if you feel that they are not expert or don't have any expertise in this particular area that you've entered into as a patient then you should find someone and, and unfortunately I can only say you have to ask around other therapists that you've been referred to and ask if there are particular specialties in the areas which are affecting you and your treatment. I have, for example, found exercise physiology after about two years and I'm very pleased with the way it works and the services and treatments it offers. So you'd probably recommend to someone out there in a similar situation, if they're not being led down the right pathway and they believe that they could probably be treated better by health professionals, to seek out and ask more questions and find people in the industry that can target your therapy. Well, let's just finish up with just that one last piece of advice that you've given me in the past before. Anyone listening in that could take advice from you, if you've got one throwaway sentence, what's that? Life is not a rehearsal and you have opportunities to make positive decisions and seek positive advice dealing with the disabilities that you have found are affecting your life. I have seen a number of patients in the mixed wards of the rehab hospitals I've been in who, in my view, have missed out on appropriate treatment to their detriment. One example I can give you, I can't give any name, she was a lady of 57 and she was given treatment by way of medication to help her sleeping. Must have been underdiagnosed or under or misunderstood, but the the overall effect was that she would come to therapy classes during the day at the appointed time and would soon be crying. In which case, she was immediately taken back to the ward. She would then watch television for the rest of the day and all that night, and the next day would again be not in the condition or remain in the class but would have to go back to the ward. The overall effect was that she and her husband had to sell their house, cash in their superannuation and sell their business so that they could get her into long-term care. And it just struck me that for a person who was 57, had a grown-up family who were attentive and frequently came to see her, that her treatment was very lightweight, I would call it, and she did not seem to have sufficient people who could refer her on to other specialties, particularly exercise. And that's probably where you differ from a lot of other people out there. You're incredibly determined and have one of the most supportive families that I've seen. I've met your daughters, I've met your wife, and even if you were having a day where you're not motivated, they'd make sure to pick up your motivation well, I agree with that in all modesty, but I must say, I mean, you, you've given your family, but the family I got is, is very determined and very supportive of me. My wife has to manage my disabilities, and she does so very efficiently, and she also coordinates meetings and treatment appointments. That will obviously not always be the case, but as a matter of principle, if you want to undergo long-term treatment for your disability, I would encourage that in the absence of of the clearest advice that you will not improve in any way. You have to be determined and you have to tell the inquiring expert that you go to see what your minimum expectations are from the effect of the treatment you're undergoing. And if, if they say it's unlikely that you'll ever walk, then I think I would, if I were in that position, and I, in fact I was at one stage, um, all I can say is I can walk now and I would be deeply disappointed if I'd made the wrong decision. Yeah. I would, I would never limit someone's. I would never limit someone's goals, if you know what I mean. If if you if you're determined enough to to turn up every week and put the work in, I'm only gonna I'm gonna meet you at that point to help you progress, and which we we've done weekly. So, thank you heaps for your time today, Robert. I'd just like to finish up with a little bit of a disclaimer that this is 
Robert's story, you know, you, you might be able to take some recommendations from what Robert has said today, but it's not Bible, it's not gospel, it's it's Robert's experiences through a Parkinson's diagnosis, followed by a stroke, and now he's about two and a half years on, and he's still as determined as ever to continue on. So if anything that you can take from this, it's a little bit of inspiration from Robert. Thanks for coming in today, mate. Well, the only thing I'd add to that is to say that you should never give up, and that there's nothing to be gained by just simply withdrawing and going to a nursing home and sitting in the sunny corner reading a book with a dribble running down your chin. You paint one hell of a picture, Robert. <laughs> I think you're right. Never give up. You happy to wrap that up there? Never, ever give up. That is a comment that I make, not only in the relation to the how you expect to end up, but, but it's a comment that applies to the access to expertise and that you keep searching for further and particular disciplines out in the, what you might call the marketplace for treatment. It comes under the general rubric, don't give up. And remember that life is a re- not a rehearsal, and this is the life, only life you'll get, and you should make it the best you possibly can. Bloody oath. Thanks, Robert. Cheerio.